Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Late night last night uh, on Lock It In, I made it my blood bank guarantee mixed with my mustache guarantee. Never before guaranteed double before like that. And it was on the Rockets plus eight and a half last night against the uh, Golden State Warriors. That game did not tip off until like 1040 Eastern last night, maybe even 1045. It took forever to actually start. Um, and then it went into overtime, bleary eyed, sitting up watching that. You just heard the ending of that game on the update from Eddie Garcia. James Harden on absolute fire of late. Uh, down the stretch, the Rockets are 10-1-1 in their last 12 games against the number 11-1 now, I believe, overall in their last 12 outright. And uh, incredible win, incredible shot when uh, James Harden rose up and dropped that uh, shot in uh, for a big win for the Houston Rockets. I know we're just at like the midpoint of the NBA season, but the Rockets' comeback story is already an intriguing one. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Warriors are not as good as everybody anticipated they would be before the season started. Now, they do get DeMarcus Cousins coming back soon. Uh, that would be a much-needed addition to the interior of that lineup. Obviously, would give them another score, make the, the, the much more difficult to defend, assuming that Cousins can come back healthy from his injury. But uh, that should be coming uh, down the stretch when he will be back on the court. So we'll see how all of that shakes out. Number one story, I think, in the world of sports in terms of actual games that were played last night, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 
uh, was that big shot hit by James Harden in overtime against the Warriors. But the number one story that will certainly be the case of the weekend to come, it's NFL wildcard weekend. We've got four different games going on, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. All four road teams are underdogs as they come in. And uh, the question is, uh, for our poll question of the day, uh, which uh, nearly 4,000 of you have voted here early in the morning, which road underdog on wild card weekend most likely to pull off the upset? You guys think it's the Colts. The Colts right now are favored to beat the Texans in our poll question, although there's a a lot of closeness here so far in uh, the poll results. The Colts get 31% of the vote. Uh, The Chargers get 28% of the vote to pull off the upset over the Ravens. Uh, And then the Seahawks get 26% of the vote to beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles getting only 15%, but a fairly even four-way race down the stretch here. You can go vote at Clay Travis on uh, the Twitter machine, uh, the poll question up at the top of my feed. And it is, again, the question, which road underdog on wildcard weekend most likely to pull off the upset? Danny G., do you agree with the masses here? It's just tightened up a little bit even more as we get up to 4,000 votes. Colts, 31% of the vote. Chargers, 29% of the vote. The Seahawks, 26% of the vote. Do you agree the Colts are the most likely road underdog to pull off the win? Yeah, you know, I've been riding with the Colts since, like, what was it, week 11 when you asked us which teams you thought we think would finish strong and sneak into the playoffs, and I took the Colts as my pick. You know, I I knew the Colts had a lot of momentum going into the, the last part of the season. You could just feel it. Not only does Andrew Luck jump off the screen the way he zips that ball, and he looks completely healthy now, which is pretty amazing coming off of that those surgeries that he had. And what it was just in the preseason that he couldn't even hold or throw a real-sized NFL football. And now to see him progress to where he's been, back at now is pretty amazing and then their rookie sensation Darius Leonard I was looking at his stats yesterday 163 tackles seven sacks two interceptions this dude's not even a starter in the Pro Bowl the Colts are way ahead of schedule people thought that maybe two seasons from now they would look like this can you imagine how they're going to be playing at this time next year yeah especially I think with the T.Y. Helton back uh, healthy eventually I mean he's been dealing with an ankle injury hasn't been practicing hardly at all for the last four or five weeks. They get Ryan Kelly back on the offensive line, which I think is going to be substantial for them uh, in terms of a center that makes that offensive line just even more cohesive than they already are. Uh, And I think ultimately the game and the reason why I like the Colts to beat the Texans outright on the road in Houston, and I agree with a lot of the people who are voting so far in the poll, is because of offensive line play. And the, the, the Indianapolis Colts have maybe the best offensive line in the entirety of the NFL when it comes to protecting Andrew Luck. And the Texans have the worst offensive line. I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson was sacked more times and hit more times than anybody else in the entirety of the NFL. I don't think you can have a quarterback getting hit as much as Deshaun Watson and have very much faith at all in that team as they move into the postseason. Now, uh, Eddie Garcia, you've got a little bit of knowledge on uh, on this team. I know you went on the road and you were in London watching them play against uh, the Titans like I was, uh, for, uh, for the Chargers, that is. Um, and uh, you've got season tickets to this team. They are the second most likely team according to this uh, this poll, to pull off uh, the road upset. Again, 
31% of you saying the Colts are the most likely to pull off the road upset over the Texans. 29% of you saying the Chargers are more likely to pull off the road upset against the Ravens. The reason why I also agree with this, and by the way, I'm betting on all the road underdogs this weekend. So just go ahead and take my picks if you have any faith in them at all. I'm on the Colts, I'm on the Chargers, I'm on the Seahawks, and I'm on the Eagles. Last year, all four underdogs covered in the wild card round of the playoffs and last year the underdogs went 10 and 1 against the number in the NFL playoffs in the 11 games 6 and 5 outright so if you had just blindly bet underdogs you would have won a ton of money in the offseason last year and you would have gone 4 and 0 in wild card weekend i'm taking all four underdogs but i actually like the chargers as the most likely team to pull off a road upset and the reason is 37-year-old Philip Rivers played his worst game of the season against the Ravens a couple of weeks ago in LA. I don't think he's going to play that poorly again. The Chargers are 7-1 and on the road. They've effectively been playing road games all year. I don't think they're going to be impacted in a negative way by the environment in Baltimore. And so, I think Phillip Rivers will play much more like his average game, which has been a very good game all season. I think ultimately Lamar Jackson will be exposed in the pocket. I think this Chargers defense will be able to stop him from consistently running the football, which is why I like the Chargers most of all to pull off an upset in uh, the wild card weekend of the NFL. Eddie Garcia, I think you're with me. I absolutely do not disagree with you. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think they clearly have the better quarterback in this matchup. Uh, as you mentioned, six-game road winning streak for the Chargers. They enjoy playing away from home. And let's not forget the Ravens very easily could have lost their season finale at home in a must-win situation against the Browns. Cleveland had that uh, Lamar Jackson fumble, uh, which they returned for a touchdown, called a touchdown, and then they ended up giving the ball to the Browns, but they ended up punting after that. So they had a score that was taken off the board uh you know the weather is going to be 54 degrees uh, it, but I don't, I don't think that's you know uh for a team coming from la to the east coast i mean 54 is not going to be something i think it's not going to be any snow or anything like that no rain in the forecast so i don't think there's going to be a, a you know a much of a weather advantage for the ravens as well so i i i think if i'm picking that uh, the chargers are the team that's going to get the uh the road upset the most over anyone else yeah you know and again this is a really tight uh vote you can go vote uh, at Clay Travis on Twitter. Hop in and let us know what you think. We'll continue to update you as we move down the stretch of the show. Up next, we'll ask Jeff Schwartz what he thinks. Former eight-year NFL offensive lineman, his brother Mitchell, is on the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. Who does he think the Chiefs would have the worst matchup with uh, as you look at some of these potential games? Would it be the Colts? Would it be the uh, Chargers? Would it be potentially, who knows, the Ravens? Uh, Which team does he think Kansas City would not want to face and who does he think will advance and uh, and win in wildcard weekend we'll discuss all that and more be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app he's a former eight-year nfl offensive lineman uh and uh, his brother plays currently as the right tackle for the kansas city chiefs but I want to start with this, Jeff Schwartz. I don't know if you stayed up for it. I'm guessing the answer is no because it didn't end till like, I don't know, 1 a.m. On, uh, on the East Coast. Have you thought – you're a guy who grew up in L.A. Have you thought about what you're going to do? I know you're a fan of the NBA when it gets to the playoffs too. Now that LeBron's on the West Coast, have you thought about what you're going to do during NBA playoffs? 
great question. Um, not really, because you know, unless I'm covering the NBA, like if I do some some radio on other stations, and you know, we're covering the NBA, then um, I will probably find a way to watch it, whether I I watch a condensed version. NBA. dot com has a good condensed version. Plus, you know, you can go on like you know YouTube and, and type in you know uh, Rockets Warriors recap, and there'll be like a seven eight minute recap so put together. That that's actually a good tool for. For those who want to catch up on like late West Coast football games, if you just go in the next morning, they'll, they'll, they'll put together a 15 minute. Someone will put together like a 15 minute, basically condensed version of the game. You can catch up pretty quickly on. So I'll do that. I mean, when the Giants were in the World Series, I'm a Giants baseball fan. Um, you know, most of the games started at eight o'clock, but even you know some of the divisional round stuff and, and the CS stuff, um, I would watch the first seven innings if the Giants are up a couple runs I just go to bed and hope they and hope that they they won the game um, but I, I'm not saying up till 1 8 30 in the morning to watch a basketball it's game. crazy I, I know especially for Rockets fans for instance who wanted to watch this game the game did not tip off until 9 45 central time in Houston 10 45 on the east coast so I mean, you're talking about a game. I mean, like, I, it's just crazy. And now that the uh, you know center of influence, I know there's a lot of good teams in the Eastern Conference in the NBA, but with LeBron, with the Lakers, and obviously with the continuing drama surrounding the Golden State Warriors, the focal point I feel like of the NBA in general is on the West Coast. But it's just so hard for the East Coast, and obviously with early morning radio, we start at 6 a.m. Eastern. I stayed up last night to watch that big James Harden shot because I had a lot of money on it riding for my lock-it-in guarantee. <laughs> but also, I feel like it's hard to talk about a game if you didn't actually watch it. And it's even harder to bet on them. So I'm already trying to think about what I'm going to do when the playoffs actually gets going and the NBA will be our lead every day. But that's in the future. Right now, we have got the wild card round of the NFL playoffs going on. And I asked on my poll question, I said, who's most likely to pull off the upset um, of the uh, of the four underdog teams obviously all on the road thousands of people hopping in to vote so far colts seahawks chargers eagles are uh, are the matchup there and right now the colts are winning our uh, our poll with uh, over five thousand people having voted colts getting 32 percent of the vote chargers 28 percent of the vote seahawks 26 percent Eagles bringing up the rear at 14%. Which of those teams do you think is the most likely to win uh, outright as the road underdog this weekend? I mean, the Colts are hardly considered a road underdog. I mean, they're a one-point underdog at this moment. They already beat the Texans, so I wouldn't consider that a big upset. I didn't go with the Chargers at, at plus three here against the uh, against the Ravens. It's an outright win. So, look, they played just three weeks ago. In that game, the Ravens' offense had 16 points. That was it. I know we focus a lot on that offense and how, how people think it's going to sustain, how cool it is, they're doing this other stuff, but they really have not played terribly well the last couple of weeks. 20 points against Tampa Bay at home, and Tampa was allowing almost 40 points a game on the road, and then they, they scored 16 in San Diego to be in Los Angeles. And then even last week against the Browns, the first the first four drives they had 20 points, the next seven were six points. So what they figure out, they're kind of done. Uh, and then flip side, um, you know, on defense, on defense, uh, yes, they're they're very good. But here's the thing: when you have a rematch like this three weeks later, especially when it's, that's not in the division, um, is that you know the Chargers now know okay they're going to play a lot of man coverage. They're going to blitz the running back, and that's what they three of their sacks, three of their sacks were blitzing the running back, just attacking the running back in pass protection. Uh, so these things can be 
change because they're look the Ravens. Why would they change what they did? It worked great. They only lost ten points uh, in that game, so they're not going to change very much of what they did. So it gives the schematic advantage towards the Chargers. And lastly, the Chargers have won in Pittsburgh, in Kansas City, in Seattle this year. So they play much better away from whatever you want to call that home stuff up center. Um, and so I think, I think they win this game. They've actually been, I think, 7-1-2 uh, in these 10 a.m. Pacific kickoffs out east. So I think they win this game outright. Who has the most pressure on them? of all of the teams that are playing on Wild Card Weekend. My th- theory is that it's the Dallas Cowboys because they've only won three playoff games since 1995. Dak Prescott, obviously, is the number one overall seed in their rookie year. The Cowboys lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are going to roll into town, pull off the upset in Dallas. But I feel like Dak has the most pressure on him because he's got that $100 million plus contract hanging out there. If they win a playoff game, it would be almost impossible for, for Jerry Jones not to extend them. But if they lose, the litany of failures continue to grow for the Cowboys since 1995. Dak has a little bit of a Romo factor rolling then. He'd be 0-2 in the playoffs. That would hang over his head a little bit as a young quarterback, the fact that he had never won a playoff game. What do you think about that possibility as them being the number one uh, pressure pack situation here with the Cowboys? Well, yeah, he'd be he'd be zero and two in home games too in yeah. the playoffs. Not even losing a road game. No, <laughs> excuse me. I think there is a good amount of pressure on him. Um, maybe even nationally. I don't think in, internally in the building there will be. I think they love Dak Prescott. I mean, even saw last week for whatever reason they kept him in that whole game, which was so stupid. But they want to get him in a rhythm. You want to get him confident. Um, you know, the guys in Dallas were saying they wanted just to see him be able to, to be in more of an open offense. And I was like, great, well, that's not what you're going to run on, on Sunday against the Seahawks or Saturday night, I should say. You're not going to run an open offense. You're going to run your boring, bland offense you've been running for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, probably probably nationally. But I'll tell you what, I, I think Philip Rivers has got to start kind of doing having a playoff resume, right, for the Hall of Fame, I think. I think, I think for personally, he probably puts the most pressure on himself. This, this is – probably close to the end for him as far as being able to compete this window he has right now with this team. He doesn't have the Super Bowls that Big Ben or Eli has. He has the numbers, but he doesn't have the playoff victories, and that's going to haunt him maybe when it gets, you know, it gets time to, to choose uh, you know, if he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I think he should make the Hall of Fame, but I think personally there's a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers. I do think nationally there probably is a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott. The Bears, Mitch Trubisky obviously never won a playoff game, never played in a playoff game. Nick Foles was on a roll last year, won the Super Bowl. The Eagles go on the road against the Bears. I want to start with this question for you. If you were a GM, how much money would you be willing to give Nick Foles if you needed a quarterback? <laughs> I can't figure this out. So, you know, uh, he was uh, a good starter with Chip Kelly, right, that one year with Chip. Uh, but otherwise, he hasn't done much in his current. Even at times when he's been a starter with the Eagles, he hasn't done very much. But he's now 6-0 and in, in must-win games for the Eagles, right? He won the three playoff games last year. He won the three games this year. They had to win to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know what it is about him. I think that a little bit with the offense is that you know Carson Wentz has that big arm. He, he thinks he can make every throw, and he tries to do a little bit too much where Nick Foles just does what they tell him to do. Hey, this guy is going to be open here at seven yards, and he hits him, plain and simple. Um, otherwise, I can't explain it. So I, I don't know how he would do it. If he goes to Jacksonville, let's say, doesn't have – 
the play caller in, in, in Doug Peterson doesn't have um, some of the offensive line he has in Philly. They have an outstanding offensive line. Uh, doesn't have the wide receivers he has. I, I don't know if he's going to be. Doesn't have Ertz, right? Who you know has the most re- receptions ever for a tight end, or at least close. At least he has close to the, the most. Um, I don't know how he's going to be. I don't. I don't know if he could do it. Someone's going to do it, right? Someone's going to trade for him or throw him a lot of money, but. We've seen that, that very rarely do backup quarterbacks like a Jimmy Garoppolo become a success story uh, later in their careers. Um, even Aaron Rodgers, you want to say, but you know he, he didn't play very much the first couple of years. So we even know we had an Aaron Rodgers, and then he became a star. I mean, it, it just it doesn't happen very often where we kind of know we have film on a backup quarterback, and then he's great in one system, and then he leaves and becomes great in the second system. It doesn't really happen like that. So someone's going to do it because you know, we, we talked about Mariota and the Titans quarterback situation. There's just there's not a lot of quarterbacks this year uh, in the draft. Looking at Dwayne Haskins and Will Greer, maybe uh, it's Drew Locke, like the guy from Drew Duke. Locke, yeah, uh, there's and not then, a lot of uh, there's not a lot of guarantees now. Now 2020. That that draft looks like it could be really stocked with quarterbacks. Yeah. But to your point, the only two quarterbacks to leave as free agents, leave as free agents and win Super Bowls, and I'm not counting Kurt Warner here because you know he kind of came out of nowhere to end up winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, but Drew Brees, who had an injured shoulder and people questioned whether or not his career would be over, including, I'm sorry, Dolphin fans, uh, doctors, who uh, made the decision to go with Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees famously, which sent Nick Saban ultimately to Alabama, and Drew Brees on to Super Bowl win at New Orleans and maybe another one this year. And then Peyton Manning, who was coming off surgery, released by the Colts, went on his tour uh, and ended up winning a Super Bowl with uh, with the Broncos. Only two guys who've done it in the modern era. And so, to your point, like, hey, is Nick Foles going to be that guy who uh, ends up as a uh, as a free agent starter and then goes and wins another Super Bowl? Wow, that would be an incredible story. But so far, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning are the only two guys who've done it. And those are Hall of Famers, right? Yes. <laughs> and Brees, Brees wasn't a Hall of Famer when he when he was uh, when he was picked up by the Saints, but Peyton Manning was when he was picked up by the Broncos already. So, and those were guys off the injury. Yeah, it's interesting about free agency. If you look at free agency in, in, in totality, man, um, not a lot of real value. Uh, you know, we, we sign a lot of guys to these big contracts, and they don't turn out to be pro bowlers or all pros very often. I mean, my brother in Kansas City, I think, is is uh, where it turns out to be great. They got him on a good deal, and he's been the best right tackle in the NFL for three years. Um, but most often, look at all the guys that signed in for agency this past year. How many of them have, have really helped their team when playoff games get to the playoffs? A lot of these guys um, – just it doesn't pan out. The way to build your team now is to draft your guys and sign them to extensions. And yeah, you add in free agent pieces maybe here and there at lower value deals. But a lot of these monster free agent contracts, the teams aren't winning with them. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. All right, um, we we just talked about uh, Nick Foles in in his situation. I got to know what your thoughts are on Antonio Brown. Like, uh, this to me is, first of all, it's an incredible story, and I wish the Steelers were in the postseason just because I would love to see what's going to happen with the dynamics internally in the locker room. 
How would you handle this if you were a GM, is, is question one, and you had to deal with Antonio Brown? And then question two is, what do you think the locker room thinks of Antonio Brown? I'm sure you've been around disruptive guys before. How do you think they respond to him? Especially because, again, Antonio Brown's turning 31 in uh, this spring, I think in May. He's not that young of a dude anymore, right? When you're throwing fits like this and not showing up for a game and it's not financial related, it doesn't appear because he's very well compensated. It's not like Le'Veon Bell-like where the, the, the feud is over whether or not he's well compensated. How do you handle this? So, you know, I play with a guy like Steve Smith, right? And Steve Smith was maybe disruptive, but I'll tell you what, he came every Sunday to play and he played very well every Sunday, right? I mean, that, that's what he did. So you, you can excuse some behavior because you know he's going to come to come be you know come be your guy on Sunday and he was always ready to play Sunday and he played his butt off and and it was an amazing competitor and and uh, he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day and you know you have this situation where it's a must-win game he doesn't well whatever he gets to argue with Ben he doesn't go to meetings doesn't do whatever but what was shocking about all that Clay was the Steelers still expected him to play yeah. so if they're putting if they're putting up with this with this um, behavior from their star player, of course the star player is going to do it because they, 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 they expect the team to do nothing about it. I mean, if I had played on, you know, Tom Coughlin, the guy would be, he never would have even been in the, he would have been suspended, never would have been in, 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 near, near the, near the locker room on game day. Um, and I think it goes to a bigger issue with the Steelers and just dysfunction in their facility. And they've had this for a while, I think. And then when you lose, it really, really, really boils over. You know, you got Big Ben blaming everyone but himself. You know, he, you know, Ben, you threw the interception to the D tackle in in Denver. You know, the last play of the game, right? Well, that was you. That was no one else. That was you. Um, you know, now laying on the distraction. We talked about Antonio Brown. He threw people under the bus all season. I go back to something that was. That I think people had forgotten about, and this is kind of it shows you I think a little bit of dysfunction. They can't figure things out. So you remember all the way back now it was what was it last season or two seasons ago when um, the president made the SOB comments and everyone and all the teams decided to do something right, whether it was stay in the locker room for the anthem, which is what your, your Titans did or the Seahawks did, or whether it was taking me before the anthem like the Cowboys did or taking me during the anthem. Right, we everyone kind of had their own thing, right? Except one team, the Steelers. The Steelers couldn't figure out as a team what to do. Remember, they, they were going to stay in the tunnel, but then Andrewville Nueva came out, the, the former Army Ranger left tackle, and, and he put his hand over his heart for the anthem. And then the rest of the team stayed in the tunnel. And then he had to apologize for that. The Big Ben wrote a letter about the way that this went down. And then people talked to me. Like, the only team that couldn't figure out, and at that point I actually wrote about it. I said, this is not good because everyone else figured out. 31 other teams figured out how to do it but the Steelers. And, and they kept winning, so it didn't matter. That dysfunction didn't matter. You keep winning, it doesn't matter. But now you're not winning and all bubbles to the top. So what do they do with Antonio Brown? Well, he's, like, he's uncuttable. I mean, the dead money is, is not worth it. It matters um, you know, what you want to do in the trade market and who's going to trade for him, what value that's going to be, and whether or not you're willing to get rid of a really important piece in your offense, him and Levin on down the same offseason. Um, you know, Juju being there helps, obviously, make a transition to that. But I don't know how you keep him on your team. But then again, if you if you get rid of him, then he wins in this situation. So um, if someone comes and tries to give you a couple first-round draft picks, you got to do it. But otherwise, I don't think they're going to trade him. Number one teams that are sitting out there right now waiting. Uh, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC you have got the New England, uh, the, the New Orleans Saints in the NFC. 
Who do you think your brother plays on the Chiefs? Who do you think the Chiefs would most like to see? There are three teams they could potentially play, right? They could play against the Ravens. They could play against the Chargers, and they could play against uh, the Colts, depending on what the outcome of Wild Card Weekend is. Who do you think the Chiefs would most like to see? Probably the Chargers. I'm most familiar with them. Um, Andy Reid has won, I think, like nine of 12 matchups against the Chargers now. Um, they had won uh, nine in a row until they lost that game a couple weekends ago, so uh, or a couple Thursdays ago, whatever it was. Um, I think they'd rather see them. I mean, they're very familiar with them. They know what they're going to do. There's no surprises. Um, you know, yeah, they're, they're a balanced team. They're a good team, but you know what you're getting with them, right? Um, the Ravens, I, the, the defense combined with the run game, two things the Chiefs, um, you know, might have trouble with, uh, you know, the, the Ravens defense and their run game. And remember, that game, you know, it took a couple amazing plays for Pat Mahomes for the Chiefs to even be in that game. A fourth and nine heave that was pretty incredible, another fourth down play. So, um, it feels like that would be tough in the Colts, man. The Colts, can, they're good. They, they have a great offensive line. They can play defense. We overlook that defense because, on that offense, they are one of the best teams in the red zone. Uh, they they play like seventy percent man coverage, and they allow a lot of checkdowns, but they don't allow a lot of deep plays because they just play good, solid defense. Um, and yeah, Ty Hudson's a little banged up, and they might not be the, the weapons that Luck wants on the edge. But Andrew Luck is a stud, man. I mean, he he carved up your your times the other day again, um, and he is so good. So I don't think they want to see the Colts. Plus, there's just bad history with the Colts in the playoffs. Who do you think the Saints want to see? Like, let's assume that the Eagles don't win and we get that Rams-Bears matchup again in L.A. Do you think the Saints would prefer to see the Cowboys, who they lost to 13-10 on the road in Dallas, or do you think they would rather see the Seahawks? Um, I'd rather play the Cowboys. I just think that the Seahawks and Wilson are just always dangerous, right? They've been in a situation before. They're not going to be, they're not going to be worried about playing in New Orleans and, and that noise, and that environment. Um, and he's just such a good quarterback. He can use his legs in, in vital situations, be able to move around and get first downs. And he throws the best deep ball in the NFL. Um, and, and that secondary has improved all year. I think that would worry me more than Dallas. I'm not. I'm not high on Dallas. Um, I think if they have to go into the Dome, it's going to be a much different day game than obviously that game played on uh, was a week after Thanksgiving uh, when they shut down. But they only scored 13 points uh, offensively. I think if they would love to see the Rams, I would imagine the NFC Championship game because they already bullied them once and they'll do it again. Uh, I can't see the Saints losing at home at all. They're 5-0 in the playoffs at home. Um, and they're going to be, in my opinion, they're, they're the best team, or I guess the team I feel most comfortable in in any of the conferences making the Super Bowl. Outstanding stuff as always. Jeff Schwartz, we'll talk to you next weekend. Thanks for sitting in on some of the holidays as well. Uh, and enjoy the games this weekend. All right, take care, bud. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. You want a tough, tough headline for the Animal Thunderdome. How about this one? Safari Ranger trampled to death by sexually charged elephant. Not the way you want to go. 
A sexually charged elephant broke into a game park in South Africa and trampled a top safari ranger in a fatal rampage, according to reports. Mark Wattenbach, a 33-year-old guy, died at Leopard Rock Lodge after a 13,000-pound elephant crushed him. Officials blame the male elephant's aggressive behavior on the animal being in a heightened state of sexual tension known as must. I don't know exactly what that is. Witnesses said the elephant broke through the fence and into the lodge's tourist area. The animal repeatedly trampled the seasoned safari ranger as he tried to steer the elephant away from park visitors. Uh, That is a tough way to go. Yeah. Don't want to get killed by an elephant. Definitely don't want to get killed by a sexually charged elephant. I don't know what else to say. Tough break there. Uh, it seems like these safari guys are always getting killed. And speaking of getting killed, I got this from a ton of you. A lion got out of its enclosure. This is in North Carolina. A lion got out of its enclosure and killed a woman Sunday. This was, uh, what, Sunday? This is right before New Year's uh, over the weekend. Uh, Alexandra Black, she was only 22 years old. She was from Indiana, recently graduated from IU. Uh, she'd been working at the at the Conservatory Center for about two weeks. Center said it happened while a husbandry team uh, was carrying out a routine enclosure cleaning. One of the lions somehow left a locked space, went to where the humans were, and killed this woman. Uh, they had to shoot the lion. The lion that killed uh, was one of the male lions. Nobody knows how it got out. I mean, this is just an awful story. Uh, the uh, Animal Thunderdome strikes in North Carolina. All right, those are two stories that I had saved. What have you got for me, Danny G? All right, a two-year-old girl was injured at a Florida zoo during a private rhino encounter experience. The toddler and her family were taking part in this close-up experience with white rhinos at the Brevard Zoo and in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, this past Tuesday, the girl came in contact with the animals. The family of three were given access to feel the brush uh, of the rhinos while supervised by two zookeepers. But here's a problem. Um, They were only separated from the animals by steel posts, and at some point the toddler wedged through the posts and got into the rhino's yard. Uh, The distance between the posts is about 11 inches, they say. The two female rhinos approached the toddler. The snout of one of them made contact with the child and she got bumped. She is going to be okay, but uh, another zoo story gone bad. I guarantee you it's the dad's fault. I don't know how it happened, but if you're... Hey, this is like when it happened. No, you're, you're, when that kid here's the, the, the beginning enclosure. of the second paragraph. The child's father, who was holding on to her yeah. throughout the incident. Yes, said, you're right. I said, you know, as soon as you hear that story, <laughs> it's always dad's fault. It's like when the, uh, when the kid... Remember, the kid got into the gorilla enclosure, Harabe, yep. uh, up in Cincinnati, I think it was. And you know, like, dad's responsible for that. I mean, you just you can't even fathom how mom could have that happen. You're hanging out with the rhinos. Next thing you know, dad has screwed up, and the <laughs> uh, and the two-year-old's getting head-butted by a rhino. And your wife is standing there like, I told you to keep an eye <laughs> on her. And you're like, well, what's going to happen? You know, like it's not like she's going to get in the rhino enclosure. And then she got in the rhino enclosure. All right. And uh, a light story here to end off as we go into a fun weekend. A New York squirrel has went viral thanks to somebody's video of the rodent sitting in a tree and feasting on a whole egg roll. 
The video originally tweeted by the user at WhatIsNY shows the squirrel sitting on the tree with an entire... Uh, this egg roll in his hand It's almost the size of the squirrel It's pretty crazy He's just sitting there chilling Eating this egg roll And uh, the, the guy tweeted out Doesn't look like this squirrel's first egg roll um, Not clear on how this squirrel Managed to get this egg roll clay But um, everybody in New York now They're calling this the egg roll squirrel And uh, I'll, I'll tweet this out At Danny G Radio The picture's pretty amazing It almost looks like somebody photoshopped it I saw the picture. The picture is unbelievable of the squirrel eating the egg roll in New York City. All right. <laughs> Anytime you see Animal Thunderdome stories that you want to make sure we see, you can tag me. You can tag uh, Danny G on Twitter. You can find us there uh, and let us know. Make sure we don't miss anything. We try to do this a couple of times a uh, week uh, all season long, uh, no matter what the season is. So we'll make sure we stay on top of that. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Now, you guys know, not the kind of guy who likes to draw attention to himself or say, wave and say, hey, look at me. But last night, <laughs> yesterday, so on, humble. lock it in. If, you, if you're not watching, by the way, we have a lot of fun on this show. And I uh, hope I appreciate everybody who starts their morning with us across the country. Keep adding affiliates like crazy. Um, Fox Sports Radio on a roll, whether it's me, whether it's Cowherd, Gottlieb. Um, uh, the crew across the board, Dan Patrick, everybody that they put together all day long is doing really, really well. And that's because we got good bosses in Don Martin and Scott Shapiro. But on top of that, we are having a lot of fun on FS1 every afternoon at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific uh, with a sports gambling show, the first of its kind. We're now into what? September, October, November, December, January, the fifth month of this show. And uh, it's me, Cousin Sal from The Ringer, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, Todd Furman, who you hear on this show every now and then, and Rachel Bonetta, who will one day be a superstar that will be far more famous than all of us. But, and Danny G's crush. Uh, and uh, I don't know how that relationship is going. But, on top of all of that, every now and then, I have to just step out and take a big risk. And if you don't know how the show works, we bet $1,000 every uh, every week, right? And last night was my second biggest bet in five months. I've been paying attention to the Rockets as they have been on fire lately. James Harden been playing out of his mind. I've also been paying attention to the Warriors. And every time you expect for the Warriors to make a statement win at home, they don't show up. They don't get the win. So when I saw this number come out at eight and a half, tick up to nine, tick back down to eight, I said, my God, I am going as big as I possibly can. We have the audio from yesterday on television of me making my pick, and the lack of respect for me was very readily apparent. Listen to this. All right, it's blood bank guarantee mixed with mustache guarantee. Get rich on Thursday night, kids, all right? It's always a good sign when you send in your bet. Wait, this is not the big bet? Why would it not be the big bet right here? It's the big bet. Why are you talking in my ear and getting me all rattled? And then getting me all rattled with the groupie. Here's the deal. I love that he messed it up already. (laughs) There you go. No, I didn't mess it up. They messed it up. Oh, there we go. When they wrote me back... 
when I sent this bet in. They said, hey, I think you meant $40 instead of $400. I said, no. It's time to shake up the game. Instead of Sal sitting around and making a money line parlay and me having to throw like four Hail Marys to catch Furman, I want to catch him tonight. I want Furman sweating on Friday when he makes all his bets. I'm not going to let him ride off into the sunset with a bunch of crazy bets. The Rockets win. They cover the eight and a half, and Furman is going to be shivering in his bed with a fever because he's so <laughs> afraid of me on his tail. Poisoned by the mustache. Tonight. There you go. The blood bank guarantee mixed with the mustache guarantee. Not only did the Rockets cover as I said they would, they won as I said they would. This is what it sounded like if you, like much of the country, were already in bed when James Harden rose up behind the three-point line in Golden State last night. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three. Down to two. It's a three. He put that right in Draymond Green's face. I mean, there was no space to get that shot off. Phenomenal make made bucket by James Harden that followed one of the worst officiating errors of the season in the NFL. In the NFL, there are a lot of officiating errors in the NFL too. In the NBA, where you had uh, they allowed Kevin Durant to save the basketball despite the fact that both of his feet were out of bounds and he was like in the third row of the seats there at Golden State and they threw it back in. Steph Curry made a jumper to give uh, the Golden State Warriors a two-point lead before James Harden won it with that incredible shot. So, big win for me. Hopefully made a lot of you a lot of money. And on top of that, I'm ready. Do we have the music? Do we have music? Should I give you the music so I can lead you into the weekend with four winners for NFL wildcard weekend? Cue the music, boys. Guess who's back? It's time. AKA Mr. Make It Rain on the move. For Clay Travis to make us rich. I'm rich. Including the legendary, famous, well-known talk of the town, most celebrated. I'd buy that for a dollar. Blood Bank Guaranteed. I love the underdogs this weekend in the wild card games. Two on Saturday. I'm giving you money. Gifts to the people. Santa Clay still coming to town, even though it's after Christmas. I love the Colts on the road to win outright. I like the Colts on the money line. They're the better team. They've been the better team down the stretch of the season. Andrew Luck is the better quarterback. He's got the better offensive line. He's got the superior defense, I think, outside of the defensive line. This is an easy win, I think, for the Colts. I think they pull away late. I think they win 31-21. Colts on the money line, outright winners. I also like the Seahawks on the money line, outright winners against the Cowboys. A lot of talk about Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboy running attack. You know the Cowboys are 10th overall in their rushing attack, while the Seattle Seahawks are first overall in this league. As if that were not enough. You're telling me the Seahawks have the better run offense and they've got the vastly superior quarterback, Russell Wilson, 35 touchdowns, seven INTs. He's having an MVP-like season. Should have gotten more attention than he has. Maybe it's because he's in Seattle that he's not. I like the Seahawks to go on the road and do what happens to the Cowboys in every single time they make the playoffs. That is, embarrass them 
I like the Seahawks on the road against the Cowboys. In the Chargers-Ravens game, this is my blood bang guarantee for the week. If you really want a blood bang guarantee it, you can play this game up to three and a half. Right now, the Baltimore Ravens, two and a half point favorite. Get the hook there. Get up to three and a half. I feel even better about this. Chargers are going to win this game outright. You go look at the box score of what happened in that Chargers-Ravens game. The Ravens got the best game of their season from uh, Lamar Jackson. And... Phillip Rivers had his worst game of the season. And even with that happening, if Antonio Gates doesn't fumble, I think the Chargers win that game 17-16. to Instead, they have to go on the road. I think they know they're the better team over the Ravens. Wrong team is favored here. Chargers basically play road playoff games every week, no matter what. They're 7-1 and on the road because they don't have a home field advantage, so they never get used to people cheering for them. I don't think it's going to matter traveling across the country. I think the Chargers win outright. It's my blood bank guarantee for Wild Card Weekend. And then finally, I think Nick Foles and the Eagles cover six points is too many in what's going to be a low-scoring game in Chicago. I've got the Eagles to cover against the Bears. There are your four picks. By the way, you can go vote as well. You have the opportunity on our Twitter feed at Clay Travis. Uh, I put up the question, which road underdog on wildcard weekend is most likely to pull off the upset? Remember last year in the wildcard round, underdogs went 4-1 and one against the number. 11,000 of you have voted. You like the Colts the most, followed by the Chargers, then the Seahawks, then the Eagles to pull off the upsets. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.